Oh, welcome back, all you Wave On fans. Back here for another episode, fresh season, 2022, episode 47, in the house here with Jay, a freshwater life. I really loved this podcast. Uh, I really hit it off with the whole passion of the Great Lakes, especially Lake Michigan. He's just north of Chicago, so you're around the corner of the lake, and there he is on the other side. So, uh, late cleanups, eco-conscious, trying to build a brand around that whole dynamic. Uh, I don't want to give it all away, but we definitely had a lot of shared passions, uh, especially rooted around the the big giant lake that looks like an ocean with that blue paradise colors that you see and uh, how much pollution is actually going on in the lakes. So he does share some insight and it's very um, enlightening as far as uh, some questions that I did have for him. So I hope you guys enjoy. And of course, I got Luna over here by my side, checking it out as always. And it's so dear and and she's enlightening. Anyways, um, lunamoonshpyoga.com, brand new website that I took back over myself and I am spearheading it on and I'm totally fine with it. (laughs) Uh, It's a good thing to learn. I've used to manage it before and I took it back over and I've learned a lot of new things now since uh, I last was uh, taking care of it. So that's awesome. And the schedule is on there. I did have them with the boards in the pool this past weekend. So it was great to see people come out and get back in shape and get back on the board. And as far as all of that goes, it's been two years since boards have been in the pool. Um, so anyway, it, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to manage that even and get that going. And we'll see where the rest of the winter takes us, guys. We've got a lot more winter to do before we actually get it back out there on the lake that's completely frozen right now. But I'm having fun cross-country skiing with Luna. (laughs) There she is. And let's dive in. Let's get back into this podcast, episode 47. I hope you guys are enjoying. Hit subscribe, hit like, leave a review if you have even a podcast guest in mind that you want to hear from. Hit me a message. All right, let's do it. Awesome. Jay, it's so good to have you on and it's been nice meeting you through uh, Instagram. So I want to welcome you to the podcast. And of course, you yeah, can thank tell you us for having me. All the all the juicy vibes of your brand and late cleanups and stuff like that. Where exactly are you located? I see you got the Lake Michigan behind you. So we got the, the Lake Michigan nautical poster over here. And then back here is a little mini surfboard of our first 100 customers that we had autographed. Oh, wow. So we are in a town north of Chicago called Highland Park, Illinois, which is right on the coast of Lake Michigan. Uh, it's about 30 minute train ride into the city. And my wife and I have been in this area. We actually grew up in Indianapolis. We're high school sweethearts from Indianapolis. And she's got family up in northern Michigan and like the Petoskey area. She's got some aunts and uncles in Traverse City. So as long as we've been growing up, anytime we had a weekend free, it was Lake Michigan or bust. So we were always going to Lake Michigan. We got engaged by Lake Michigan. And then when we had the opportunity to move from Indy, which is very landlocked, yes, up to the Chicago area, we first started in Evanston, which is where Northwestern University is. And now we're in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And we just love being by the lake. It's about a two mile walk from our house to the lake. We walk our dog there every morning, every evening. Um, anything we, even when there's ice on the lake, like there is now, anything we can do by the water, we're trying to get out there. That's sweet. I love it. 
I love your I love your even your little background story there with uh, the board and then the map and everything. I always put yeah, a, a pin for the guest that's been on the podcast behind me, and I don't know if oh, I, can, super I cool. shift a little bit up. I've got Lake Superior above me. That's uh part yep. of the uh, love that pictured rocks uh, land shore there. Lake Shore. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Great Lake? <sighs> I I do tend to love Lake Michigan. Uh, just the blue colors and uh, similar story as you. Uh, we got married in Grand Haven on the beach of Lake oh, Michigan, nice. and it always just like our pictures. Are, people ask if they have no idea. Like they see the background and they're like, "Where are you?" Like it's just like Lake, Lake Michigan. Like the waves are coming the Caribbean, in and Caribbean <laughs> of the Midwest, <laughs> right? Yep. For sure. So that's awesome. And uh, what's the name of your brand? So our brand is called Freshwater Life, and this is now 2022 is going into our second year of business. So we started, we're a COVID business, which means we started mostly digitally. We've got a website called afreshwaterlife.com, and the brand's all about, it's for people that love and respect Lake Michigan. And the respect piece is, as you know, with what you do on the paddleboard, um, People that care for the water, not only enjoy it on like vacation or taking their kids there on the weekend, but the Great Lakes also have a lot of pollution issues and especially plastic and dumping from mostly around the Chicago area and the Milwaukee area. Wow. And so it's estimated that about 11 million pounds of plastic goes into Lake Michigan every year, which is by far the worst of any Great Lake. It's 22 million for all the Great Lakes. and what we try to do with our brand is build awareness around that, but also go out and clean some of that up. So part of our brand is that, you know, if we meet you at a farmer's market or we connect like we did over Instagram, we try to get you out to one of our beach cleanups in the spring, summer, or fall. And we kind of teach you what microplastics look like, how to find them in the sand, give some education on how they actually get in there and how they break down over time. And then, you know, if you live the freshwater life, you are a lake lover and you love and care for our lake. So the brand's all about building that community. And what we love about the Chicago area and so many people in the Midwest is the socially environmentally consciousness of taking care of our water. So it's been growing slowly, but surely. And uh, we love meeting lake people like you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, same. I mean, even I, that I'm not just on an inland lake, it's funny how all of it is still very connected and flows somewhere together, you know, and um, yeah. Right. So it's really, yeah, it's right. really nice meeting you, of course. Again, I'm going to say that because we have such similar uh, things and you're just, you're like on the other side, but sort of like around the curve of the the lake, how it goes. And yep. Um, yep. the plastics, like it's so hard to believe because we just said that it's it's ice blue colors and shades of, you know, Caribbean flavor and this plastic, like it's so micro, right? Like micro pieces. A lot of the, there's a lot of microplastics in there. And then most of the plastic that actually goes in the lake doesn't come back out. So it'll go to the bottom. It'll break down over time. The portion that we see on the shorelines is just a small minority of what's been in there and eventually washes up with the surf. But it's 
you know, it's, it's everything. So about three quarters of the pollution that goes into Lake Michigan, which is that 11 million pound number is driven by industry. So factories and shipping cargo ships on the lakes and spills, even things that are on the riverways and streams that feed into Lake Michigan, all that's captured in that 11 million number. But still about a quarter of that is beach pollution and, you know, people like you and me and families going to the lake and leaving their styrofoam cups or forgetting their red solo cup or leaving toys that get into the water, which is still, that's over, you know, that's over a million pounds of trash. So there's still a lot of proving we can do on all levels. And right now we're, we're reactive, you know, we're going out and we're picking up stuff that's already been in there. We hope that this can get big enough and get such a strong following that we can be a little more proactive and start to figure out where this trash is coming from, apply some pressure, hold some people accountable. And we think that's where the big change really is. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we like about doing it as a business, as opposed to trying to push government legislation just moves really slow in our opinion. Right. So we'd love for them to keep helping, which there are things being passed for the Great Lakes, but we want to be on the other side, building a community around it. And doing it kind of boots on the ground style. That's awesome. And I think collaborating, you know, connecting, you know, even I'll use you and I as an example, uh, even though I'm in an inland lake and uh, I'm sort of like possibly the reverse, but I still say it's a lifestyle. So paddleboarding, when they come out for classes, uh, yes, I'm teaching them. I want to keep my eye on them if we're not doing yoga at the pod, if we're out paddling. But we go through some canals and sometimes I see something and I'll just pick, I'll put, I'll pick it up, put it on my board. Uh, a lot of times it's a cup or <laughs> yeah, just random. We, we love that. We <laughs> applaud you. Yeah, I try, you know, and so I think it is. And I thought by the end of the season, maybe because I was even being a little more vocal about it. And um, I also have another friend. I'm going to tell you about her too in a second. You may already yeah. know her. I don't know. But, uh, you know, just counting the pieces of plastic and I would send it her way as a data input. And she likes to, you know, count it. And, you know, and it's all the, it's for the Great Lakes water basin. So even though it's inland mm-hmm. lake, it can still count it. And I swear by the end of the season, I thought people were a little bit more conscious about it. And, I would post pictures if I saw something. One was kind of a funny taco. You know, like Taco Bell has those sayings. And it was stuck in the weeds because sometimes by our dock space, weeds collect there. And then a lot of plastic and weird things end up there. Well, one was a taco thing. And it said, it said, hopefully forever. And I'm like, hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a a bad thing to be on a piece of pollution, right? Right, right. So I'm like picking it out and I snap a photo and like, you know, share it. Oh, that's funny. I'm curious who your friend is because I I have an idea. Great Lakes, great responsibility. Meg. Meg? Yeah. Yes. You know her? Meg is a champ. Meg is a champ. We, We actually just talked on the phone for the first time last week. Okay, sweet. Because... We are getting ready to start a, we're getting ready to determine what we want our beach cleanup to goal to be for 2022. Okay. And Meg, Meg and I both started TikTok accounts around the same time. So we've been kind of following each other Yeah. and we want to actually do something with her in Great Lakes for great responsibility for 2022, where our cleanups count towards her nonprofit total. And in addition to that, 1% of all of our sales proceeds can go to Meg and what she's doing in the Great Lakes Basin because she's doing awesome work 
her background's oh, in environmental science. So yes. we're, I, when you mentioned that someone was counting uh, <laughs> Great Lakes Basin plastic pollution, I was like, yep, that's gotta be Meg. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. She, I, so she's another one that I met last year. She was on the podcast very early on and, um, she actually got to come here to, to Sylvan Lake. And so we meet in real life and everything. And we did a late cleanup here and she kind of, you know, like bought the buckets and the grabbers and everything like that. And we actually got a lot of stuff for just a couple hours. What's the, what was the weirdest thing you guys found? A construction this is my favorite cone? beach cleanup. A, a constru- cone in the water. Yeah, in it, the water. Uh huh. It was caught in a sort of a marsh type area where like all the cattails and stuff grow. It was yeah. cu- It was over there. It was stuck in there, and that's a good find. Yeah. So it was huge, and it was sticking up like off of um, our other friend that came in. Uh, he's Midwest paddler, uh, Mike Michael in uh, Midwest yeah. up. He's from Minnesota. And the pictures, and he did some drone shots and everything. It's like a big giant orange cone sticking off the back That's of the awesome. board. <laughs> well, good work. Thank you for guys for doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meg's awesome, and that's awesome. You guys were doing it, kind of spreading the word on some inland lakes, too. Because yeah. you're right, it's every it's everywhere. It is everywhere. I mean, I don't, you know, there's another guy I follow, and he was also on the podcast, Sup Garbage Guy. And he, oh, yeah. oh my, the stuff that. that he finds, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to find the things that you, because last year we were kind of like, what are you going to find when the lake unthaws? And right. I'm like, well, I'm not going to find a blue pool. I know that, but maybe right. you never you know. Hope not. <laughs> you never know. That'd be a bad, that'd be a bad thing, but you yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I so think, we, no, go ahead. We have, so we try to get anywhere from a, 20 to 30 volunteers out at a cleanup and we do most of them just on the north side of Chicago. We try to make it really fun and interactive. So families bring their kids out. And before we go out and do anything, I challenge the kids to kind of have a little competition. We'll do show and tell or share and tell when we get back. And so the kids are all into it, trying to find the weirdest things, which made me think of the, the weirdest thing we ever found at a beach cleanup, which was actually our first cleanup was we were out at a beach in Evanston, which is a pretty populated area. And this lady came up to me by the fence line from the dune grass to the beach and asks uh, what I've been finding. And then she says that last night she saw her neighbor out. This is an apartment complex along the lake. She saw her neighbor in the apartment out in the sand, burying something with a shovel. And so I'm like, okay, interesting. And she's like, I'd like you to get it. I'd like you to see what it was. And so she pointed to it in the sand and there were little stones of remembrance, like a burial, little mini burial thing that someone had stacked stones up. Wow. And so I start kind of like uncovering this thing with my foot, not sure what I'm going to find. And in the middle of the sand on a summer day where kids would be playing, there was a shoebox, and I flipped open the shoebox, and someone had buried their dead pet iguana on the beach. Oh no! I know, I know right? Oh. To this day, I have not I have not been able to beat that at a beach cleanup. Thirty five beach cleanups later, but that was my first cleanup. How odd! Weirdest thing we found. How odd, right? Yeah. So, public service announcement: while it might seem majestic and to bury your pets at the beach, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. It's not a good one. It's weird. That's 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 a weird one. 
I don't, I can't even understand why or what that meant. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. I'm sure someone had a good reason for it, but it wasn't a good reason to us. Right. What did you so, do then? Did you just. I call, I didn't know what to do with it. Like I didn't think I should throw it in the trash because I thought a raccoon or a possum might find it. So I called animal services and they came out and took it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a but good thought. I mean, that, that was, that was a first, haven't found any animals since, except for some fish that have washed up. But, um, yeah, the iguana was a weird one. I guess that's, this could be an interesting segue maybe because, you know, you do these cleanups and then you're like, what do I do with all of this now? Yeah. It, that's a great, that's a great question. It's a, there's another big topic on this because we try to recycle as much as we can. Um, but there's this, there's a documentary on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but it's all about the flaws in the U S recycling system. Mm -hmm. It might be the global recycling system. And there's some statistics out there about what small percentage of stuff that you recycle or put in recycling actually gets recycled versus gets thrown in the dump. Mm -hmm. And it's most of it ends up in the dump, unfortunately. So when we do beach cleanups, usually each municipality will work with has a code or a document of what stuff they recycle and it's not uniform you know even towns next to each other have different recycling standards for example on the north side of chicago no one recycles plastic bags for some reason i don't know why but we find a lot of plastic bags and those have to go in the trash unless you know if you have more time i guess you could drive it somewhere um we have not done that but if we find Really small microplastics or things that have been subject to weather erosion. Unfortunately, that's most of what we find and most of it goes in the trash. Mm -hmm. But if we find, you know, glass liquor bottles or cans that are pretty well intact, we can recycle that. But I'd say of what we find, only 10%, I would guess, actually gets recycled. Wow. Yeah. And it's so true because of what you said, town to town is even different on what I know ours... Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but they just were able to add in some more types of uh, cardboard, I believe. Um, definitely not plastic bags. They don't yeah. take that. But you can drop them off at certain uh, big stores. Big box stores will have the recycling bin out front. But Right. It's complicated and it's not easy. So most people don't even know that their local government has these standards. I didn't really know it, honestly, until I started doing the beach cleanups. Okay. Yeah. So we've learned a lot through that and you know, it's uh, you do the best you can. And either way, some people are really disappointed about how much of what we pick up goes in the trash. And we kind of tell them, look, it's better than being on the beach. It's better than being in the water. That was There's kind some... of the next thing I was going to ask is um, cause you know, sometimes even on trash day, if it's windy, and then it blows out into the street and now it's blowing around into the universe somewhere and it goes somewhere. But if it's directly picked up, put into the back of the, the dumpster or the, tr or the tr trash truck, then it's going into the right direction. Right. <laughs> you know, it's better than what it's better than what it was. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, in the past I've sort of called them, um, accidents, you know, even in the water, something falls off your board and sinks. Right. I mean, yeah, those things that's happened to me. Yeah. You'd sure. It's happened to, I mean, you're, you're always out there with a group of people. It's impossible not to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. 
We have been able to retrieve things, though. That one uh, was bound and determined to find the sunglasses, and she did, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. She How fell, deep was the water? She fell in. Oh, it was a weird spot because we were near a canal. We were in the canal, actually, but we were close to the edge of it where it got a little shallow, but it was mucky. So I don't know Ooh. how she found them because I don't know how deep it really was exactly. And yeah. since we stirred up the water a little bit too, but she found them. I couldn't believe it. She fell off the board in, a, <laughs> in like a spot you don't really want to fall in. And then the glasses right. went in. And, and she found them? And she found them. Between her and her friend, they just kept looking and I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, good for them. I know. Yeah. So, how, did, how did you get into SUP? And leading some of the groups you guys take out. Well, so SUP in general for me, I've always been like a water kid from, you know, early, early ages. And it was always intriguing surfing to me, but because we're we're by water, but we're not really by the ocean, surfing, mm, you know, you don't really get to do. I mean, I know now that the the crazy guys in the wetsuits doing it in the wintertime, but that's a whole nother thing. And, uh, so anyway, uh, boogie boarding became a thing for me and I, I liked it when I went out onto the East coast. So I, you know, something on a vacation struck my nerve a little bit and I liked it and I kind of just kept watching, following I grow up a little bit more, got a kayak and then went to Hawaii and saw it. And I was like, Oh, and this was, you know, a long time ago. And I thought it was something that was just Hawaii or California. I never saw it again. It's the funniest thing <laughs> how I just like kind of kept my vision with it. But uh, I went out for my certifications then, you know, jump years later, I bought my first board playing around on it. And then I wanted to, you know, officially get my certification and, and teach and learn more and stuff like that. So that's kind of how awesome. it, yeah, that's how it unrolled the, the story in a nutshell. <laughs> we, we have a couple inflatable boards at the house that we try to take out as much as we can in the summer. And we've, it's the perfect balance of, it's a workout, but it's also this really relaxing connection with the water that you don't usually get from things with a motor or right. even swimming because it's just quieter, you know? It is. Yeah. If you want to lay down, you can lay down and. Yeah. Do a little full body stretch. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I know yeah. it's, it's, it's a super fun thing to teach and watch people grow with it and get their own board or so anyway, you got to, awesome. you got to tell me about, I, I may, might, call, I might pronounce this wrong, but I know like you're definitely trying to get the word out there. You got your website, which looks really great. And, Thank um, you. you have a little bit of a blog. And I was like, oh, we do. What, what's a nurdle? Oh, great question. You pronounced it 100% correct. Okay, cool. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, a nurdle is our most common find at a beach cleanup. And it's a very small piece of microplastic. It's about the size of a pea, like a vegetable pea. Okay. And it is, again, I'd never seen them. And if I had seen them, it hadn't even registered what it was until I started doing beach cleanups, but it's the raw material used to create any plastic good. And so if you Google nurdle, which is spelled N-U-R-D-L-E, 
It are just these little small pellets of plastic that comes in. They're clear, they're white, they're red, depending on what kind of plastic good you're making. And they're used to create things like water bottles or plastic bags. And they get melted down and formed into some plastic good. And there is a huge problem in the Great Lakes. There's a huge problem in the oceans with nurdles somehow getting into the water. And in the Great Lakes, no one really knows where they come from. I don't know if they're falling off of ships that are in the water and transporting. They could be falling off of semi-trucks that are spilling into creeks and streams that go into the water. Or there could be plastic manufacturing plants on the lake that I don't know about. But we find thousands of them at every beach cleanup. And they're just, they're so annoying to pick up because they're hard to see. But then once you see one, there's usually a group of 200 that blends in with the sand. They don't break down. They don't go anywhere. Once they're in the water, I mean, they're tough. Like they, they don't leave. Do they have color? Some of them do. Most of them are unfortunately kind of clear and opaque. So they blend in with everything. Yeah. Um, But they're, I mean, they're really bad, really bad for fish, really bad for birds. Fish get them confused with little pellets of food and eat them. They think they're full, but they don't have any nutrients and they end up, you know, passing away. Unfortunately, Mm. birds have issues with nurdles. And then eventually when they do break down, they get small enough that places like the Chicago water treatment plant cannot filter it out of the water. So it's estimated that I can't remember the time frame, whether it's a month or a year, that if you're drinking water off the Great Lakes, you're ingesting about a credit card's worth of plastic. And that's, you know, that's just, there's so much plastic in there that's breaking down over time. And, you know, there's certain limitations to what the water filtration can filter out. So it's a byproduct of how much stuff's going in there. Oh, and what does the human body do with ingesting water like that? Great question. We should get a scientist on the podcast. My brother's in med school. Maybe he could help out. Um, All I know is it's not good. They're they're doing a bunch of studies on it. And sometimes I try to keep up on it. But as with anything that isn't meant to be in the body, I know it's not good. I know I've seen studies on fertility being impacted. how your body processes food and sugars being impacted. So I haven't seen anything that said it's good to ingest plastic. So we're going the wrong direction in terms of that. Oh man. And do you sort of feel like we, we've gone for so long, of course, going into plastics and what are the benefits of having a plastic water bottle versus, or even I'll, I'll say Coke or pop. Do you say the word pop or is that I say still soda. The, the Michigan thing. <laughs> I'm 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 a so I'm a soda guy, but I've said pop before. <laughs> well, I get it. Moving away from glass, which can be harmful if you step on it and that kind of thing. But with the snowball effect of doing all the plastics, it's like, oh, because everything else you just said, a nurdle and like things that people probably don't know a lot about. Yeah. And, you know, the whole point of the brand and it's, it's an awareness activity. Yeah. We're, we're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, everyone's aware about what's going on with the planet in terms of climate change, trash piling up stuff like we're talking about with the waterways, but we, we think that we can, like, we believe at freshwater life that it's going to take a lot of time, but Mm -hmm. we can change it. And 
you know, when you see a kid come out to a beach cleanup and we've had a lot of them and you just see them get fascinated with finding stuff in the water and in the sand and in the shallows, we can see the impact it's making on the kid and the parents. And I mean, you just hope that you just hope that spreads, you know, like when you're taking out a paddle group and you pick up something out of the marsh or out of the, you know, out of the shallows, everyone sees that. And that's kind of what we want to happen. And we mm -hmm. think and we're not doing it alone, which is great. You know, we follow, there's a lot of great brands out there who are kind of this North star for us. Patagonia is the greatest example. They sure. have really deep pockets. People love them and support them. And because of that, they're able to throw a lot of money and a lot of resources at really tough climate topics. Um, but they're a great example for us. You know, we try to use recycled plastics in all of our clothing, like the hoodie I'm wearing has about six recycled plastic bottles in it. So we try to manufacture to reuse things or use organic cotton that uses less water. But it feels like there's this push kind of coming where everyone's trying to think more sustainably in terms of their purchasing decisions. Mm -hmm. And we want to be part of that movement and we want to push people the right way, whether they're buying from us or not. You know, what I tell people is the most, the most environmentally friendly thing to do is to not buy stuff. Don't buy new clothes. Don't buy new glassware because the more you buy it, the more companies keep producing. Mm -hmm. Now we're a long way from that. Right. Mm -hmm. But as a brand, we think we can educate that. And if someone buys one of our hoodies, you know, very similar to what Patagonia preaches, we want it to last forever. You know, we try, we don't try to do fast fashion where they're going to have to replace their t-shirt after two years. We want them to wear it forever. And uh, there's probably more money to be made and higher profit margins in fast fashion and, you know, pushing things out the door really cheap. But there's kind of this balance of what we call a triple bottom line, which is about the planet the people and then profit comes last. And we want to make sure we're taking care of the planet and people first. And if we do that, we think we'll be able to make a business that supports our family and supports the environment. <laughs> you probably hear my dog in the background. <laughs> I'm glad it's your dog first versus mine this time because yeah. <laughs> I have the husky who can't stop talking. <laughs> Sometimes I think the mailman probably just went by. He likes the mailman. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's such a that's such an inspiration, uh, even to myself because it's it's hard. Um, I have like this little lip balm brand, and it's it's vegan. Uh, it, I started with some lotion bars, which was you know it's no plastic. It's a bar. It's almost like soap, but it's yeah. uh, lotion. So um, the eco tubes, I don't mind. But then I would sell some, and people would be like, I didn't like that because. Um, well, there's a couple different reasons. And so then yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll do half and half, a little bit of plastic. I don't like it. I don't love it. But um, the idea, I guess, with the plastic, and I'm sort of putting it out there, it's taking me a little bit of time to get there. But yeah. um, refill if you do buy plastic. So yes, try that's, to- That's a great idea educate or, or school, um, a little bit on how you go about doing that. So that's yeah. my, a little bit of my 2022 vision. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great goal. And we're, I'm actually getting ready to do some Instagram content aside from freshwater life, but some of the things we like to use and the, we do refillable like dishwash soap and shampoo, which we like doing, but we also have, we just got these cool reusable K cups for the Keurig machine. Yeah. which are 
they're metal. You just put your ground or your coffee grounds in there. Uh, you don't throw away any plastic. And then we also just got for Christmas, my mother-in-law got me a reusable sheet of paper towel. Oh yeah. How does is, that work? I, I was skeptical. It works great. Like I don't use it to dry dishes, but I use it to clean. I use the same dish or the same reusable paper towel sheet to clean the counters every night. Mm -hmm. And we definitely cut back on paper towel. Mm -hmm. And then after about a week, you just throw this thing in the washer and you use it again. That's awesome. So there's all these cool products. There's so many cool products coming out that are better, but yeah, you're right. The consumer has to kind of meet you halfway. And, you know, even if you convert one person, that's a great, that's a great difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first, like I have them as, um, 0.3 ounce, which is a bigger tube for, you know, your eco ones. And then the small ones were that 0.15 ounce. Mm -hmm. Well, I found the, the, actually the bigger tube, you get a little bit more and it is a little bit easier to use. So a little bit of yeah. trial and error as well. And, you know, just, uh, keep plugging along, I guess. Yeah. We'll figure it out together. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh my gosh. I love, I love your story. And so your, uh, your cleanup missions, um, you're kind of sharing on that a little bit already. Uh, like about how many do you think you want to do this year? Who? It's a good question. Um, last year, we set a goal for 20,000 pieces of trash, which we, we ended up doing around 29,000 awesome. in the calendar. Yeah, which was great. Turnout was great. Um, this year, we're going to try to do a little more interactive goal setting. So, you know, for those, for those who are listening, uh, check us out on Instagram at Freshwater Life, because actually what we're planning right now is... We want to do something where we have this post or we have this Instagram reel where based on the amount of interaction we get from our followers in the community, that's going to help us set our goal for the year. So for example, you know, we might post something about, you know, double tap to remove a piece of plastic from the Great Lakes. And for every like that we get, we might do 10 or 20 pieces of trash. So we definitely want to do over 30. You know, I'm thinking... We'll see what the community can generate. If it goes up to 100, we're going to have to find a way to figure out how to do 100,000 pieces of trash. If it's 50, that's great. But I'm thinking we definitely want to do over 50,000. Wow. Yeah, that's a big that's a that's good, though. I like I like how you're so you're trying to inter, integrate uh, social media a little bit yep. like participation and yeah. bringing it forward with what you guys do, like right on the beach. So they yep. don't physically have to be there, right? It's they don't have to, it's you know, if they want to be mean and get us to commit to 200,000, they can totally go for it. <laughs> um, but you know, whatever whatever we get, we we feel confident we can deliver. And what we I led all the beach cleanups last year. We had about 25 or 26 beach cleanups between spring and fall. And you know, I think we can definitely do more. The nice thing about the beach cleanup community, as I'm sure you met with Meg, is you meet a lot of great people and a lot of them want to find more ways to get involved. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about doing cleanup ambassadors and being able to spread our reach, not only in the Chicago area, but start heading up to Milwaukee and working our way around Lake Michigan. And the cleanup ambassador would just help us spread our reach and do you know, two or three cleanups a week instead of just one on Sundays, which is when I usually do them. So, okay. Thankfully we've had a year under our belt to meet great people. And, you know, if we really need to ramp up and hit those numbers, then 
I think we've got a community that can help us deliver that, which is nice. Yeah, most definitely. That's sweet. Yeah, but we're hoping we're hoping for a big number. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> go for it. Go big or go home, right? There you if go. You fall short, if you fall short and still made improvement over last year, that's that's better. Yeah. I I I'd agree with the um how everybody interacts and stuff. Even I mean, I loved the one that I pulled. I didn't think I could pull it together so so quickly. It was like boom, we're doing it. And I didn't have a lot right. of people, a ton. It was just enough actually. And the way we split off and found different things in different areas of the lake. And like I said, we had about a two hour, about a two hour window and, um, everyone was having fun, having fun with the fines when they came back and was putting them in the buckets and stuff like that. And I, one of the other odd things that someone had found, and she was actually out a little bit longer. We we're like, is she coming back? And then she, had her she phone. couldn't get enough. <laughs> she couldn't get enough. Yeah. She, she was just like, I couldn't leave this one spot. Kept right. finding things. She found a piece of um, bunk, uh, like a bunker for a boat dock or maybe um, ski lift, like your jet ski. So it was oh. go under the in, under the ski and like lift it up or whatever. And yeah. so f- that was one of the ones we were we were sort of okay. What do we do with this now that we found it? Right. And we were thinking maybe someone's missing it. So it hung around for a little bit, like maybe someone might find this useful and can use it as a part, maybe. But uh, that's a good that's a good thing to have out of the water in general. Yeah, it so was. An, so another boat doesn't mow that over exactly because it was plastic and metal parts. Yeah, that would have done that would have done some damage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's was, a great find. Yeah, that was another odd one. Another, but uh, I'm yeah, we get forward. that. It is kind of a. You know, in terms of philanthropic events you can do, I don't think it's hard to beat going out to the beach and picking stuff up to do good. Like, it's so fun to be outside. We we both live in lake communities where that's where people want to be. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's kind of contagious, you know? I'm sure once you got out there with those people that you might not have met yet, just having that condom, common bond is really, that's is really cool. Too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I, I'm looking forward, you know, to we're, – we're still in the end of January, but I'm looking forward to when it gets warm. <laughs> Beach season can't come soon enough. <laughs> you find a lot of stuff when the lake on thaws, actually, um, yeah. be- between the canals and whatever's been blown around all winter and um, even just during – On top of the ice. Yeah, on top of the ice. I was just going to say after some of the skating and stuff that happens and – so yeah, yeah, be awesome. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there, right? What uh, I do do a lot, even just off of your paddleboard too. We we haven't yet. the The balance that we got to be careful with is, especially in Lake Michigan, is uh, just true. being careful with water safety. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep. I I encourage people if they want to go in the water and bring goggles and you know, go splash around the shallows and go for it. Uh, I try to keep people off of paddle boards just because of how yeah. crazy the weather can get and what the waves can look like. So we ha- we've, I've met people at farmer's markets where we do our retail booth set up who they're long distance swimmers who do stuff on Lake Michigan. And I've mm-hmm. asked them what they've seen in the water and they've got, I mean, it's fascinating the stuff that they swim over and it's kind of scary, but it's a, uh, <laughs> Like they've a lot of bicycles, I guess, are 
in Lake Michigan off Chicago from kids riding them off like the pier. Oh no. So it's, which I, I assume they're ready to lose their bike if that's what they're doing. But it's, uh, they have a lot of different, it's not, not microplastics that they see. They see a lot of bigger stuff and there's actually some cool shipwrecks off of the coast of Chicago, which I think I may have done another blog post on Lake Michigan shipwrecks, but there's actually this great swimming event off of the coast of Chicago called the Great Lakes Plunge. And as part of the course, you swim over this early 1900 shipwreck. And this past year, the water was so clear. There were no waves. The sand wasn't kicked up. So about 40 feet deep that it spooks some people for sure. But you're swimming head down and you go over this 80 foot vessel that's been in the lake for a hundred years. That's so crazy. That's what Meg does a lot. She does the free dive. Yeah. Those shipwrecks up North. Yeah. She's been to some cool places. I want to go. She should take us out on a little scuba trip. She should. Cause I didn't get to go last year. I just bad planning and I get caught up in the season, but if I can see right. it coming early, then I could plan for something. Yeah. But we, uh, we, we personally love the paddle boards, but you know, Lake Michigan is just kind of, it's kind of a beast and we never know how experienced people are with paddle and true. we think it's just safer to keep them on the beach on our watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. It but sounds like it. Yeah. If you, if you ever want to come supervise Misty, maybe we can send them out. Oh, actually. Yeah. I could probably do that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think you, I think, I think you'd be good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> right. Right. That's awesome. I, it's so, it's just, you know, spark of energy. We're back with the podcast here and like, you know, getting the word out there on freshwater life and cleanups. I'm so thankful for you having us on. So it's, uh, we're ready for, to get back outside again. And well, we might do some beach. If anyone that ever listens has interest in a beach cleanup, we do do some stuff in the winter for our more, hardy beach cleanup goers. So we usually don't advertise that to everybody, but if anyone's ever interested in going out in January or February, sometimes we get a group of 10 people and go out and see what we can do. So if anyone ever has that, just shoot us a message on Instagram and we'll add you to the list. Oh, cool. So is your main source, uh, Instagram? Yep. Instagram. We do a little stuff, little few things on TikTok, but, uh, we're this year, we're definitely trying to focus more on Instagram and We've got a great community on there. So just ramp that up and find Great Lakes lovers. And that's where we do most of our marketing for social media or for cleanups. But we also have a pretty good email list. So if you ever want deals on the apparel or updates on cleanups, uh, the email list is good too. Awesome. That's so great. What about uh, anything on YouTube? Nothing yet, but I actually, tomorrow I might be recording. We might do a weekly series of just kind of a small business rundown, Mm -hmm. you know, let people know how many sales we made, how many pieces of trash we picked up that week, what percent of our sales went to nonprofit donations. So it's funny you mentioned that. So I think we might do something like that every Friday just to, we think transparency is really important Mm -hmm. and uh, it's some people put things on their website that they donate to charity, but it's hard to actually see if they're being held accountable. And so that's something we might bring to 2022 is to make sure that we're being clear and honest with people and that they know where their money's going. They know where their 
you know, if they're interacting with us on Instagram, we just want them to know what kind of people we are. So yeah, that's, a good that's point. something we might start doing on YouTube too. Just a quick one minute video of what's going on with us. Yeah, that sounds great. That's awesome. And this is a, this is an audio and video podcast. So if you do want to put your podcast recording, uh, to your YouTube, like you can link it, there's a way you can. Yeah. So yeah, we, we will do that too. There you go. Awesome. And even put it on your website, you know, that kind of thing too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'll totally do that. Oh, great. Um, tell everybody your website, the name. Web website is a freshwaterlife.com. Instagram is a freshwater life. And then if you just Google freshwater life, you'll find us too. So, and then if you guys need anything, all the messages through the website and Instagram get answered by yours truly. So if you get sick of hearing my voice and would rather me type to you, I can do that too. Yeah, for sure. You had an awesome reel. I saw, I saw it was like about a week ago, how you were doing the packaging and putting it all together, you know, because it is true when you're that one, you know, the one person or you might have your, you know, partner helping as well, or a husband, in my case, he's, he's the muscle behind the deal. Uh, But when you are the one, you know, the small business, it's, it's a lot, you know, for one person sometimes to do all of that. And you know, it is. You really have to be jack of all trades and you have to have uh, a very small ego because you're the person that takes out the trash and refills the ink cartridge and the printer. Yeah. Uh, but you're also the person that gets to do fun stuff like this and uh, do podcasts and get the word out and, you know, do marketing promotions. So it's a, it's a pretty rewarding experience. That's for sure. Definitely. As I'm sure you feel the same way, Misty. Yeah, for sure. I, it is. And like you said, with the, even the podcast, meeting people and, you know, trying to trying to bridge the gap, you know, whether they are a paddleboarder or not, you know, I, I, I kind of call it water lovers. And it, it is, they all sort of fall into that realm of what we said earlier with the lifestyle of, you know, caring about uh, the water that you're in, that you're paddling in, that you see, you know, even if you're a fisherman, like, all of that. So, uh, right. Yeah. Just, What's your favorite paddleboard brand? Well, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sort of a little biased in a way, but Evolve Paddleboards is my brand for my, um, all my classes and the boards oh, cool. that I use personally. I only have a couple now still in my personal fleet that aren't Evolve, but that's trying to transition. Plus cool. I'm going, I'm going there this year. It, it was a goal. I finally get to go there. This is, I think my fifth, no, it is my fifth year working with them. And uh, I finally get to go out East Ocean City and, and see their small oh, cool. little shop. Cause they are also another little small biz that, uh, uh, Ron and giving him a shout out and KJ out there that, uh, you know, work the shop and he's even shaped some boards and foil, foil boards and stuff like that. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Like, All right. I'll, I'll add that. People always send us messages for paddleboard recommendations. So I will add evolve to my repertoire of recommendations. Ah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's great. Especially if they're a great small business. That's awesome. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to help them out too. Oh, I appreciate it. I thank you. And they, they are also, um, uh, a, one of the board, uh, one of the board brands on the line, uh, goes to, um, a tree planted one, one tree oh, planted. Cool. So they, they are affiliated with, um, a connection too of trying to, you know, for the planet. So awesome. 
Anyway, just a All little right. tidbit out there. <laughs> go go evolve. Keep up the good work. Yeah. You too, though. You nice. too. We'll, we'll keep going. We, yeah. we promise. Yeah. We keep, keep inspiring each other, you know? That's right. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, I, I thank you again and, you know, kicking it off this season for me. And uh, you're the, the first one for 2022. And, uh, yeah, so we'll keep we'll keep yeah, in touch. Thanks for having us, Misty, and have a good twenty twenty two, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.